On behalf of Hospice of the Piedmont, welcome to this episode of the E-Series, an educational podcast aimed at engaging our community, exploring relevant topics, and educating about ways to connect with our organization. Funding for the E-Series is provided by the Dr. John A. Lusk Fund for Hospice and Palliative Care Education. My name is Ryan Biagini, and I am your host. In today's episode, Trent Cockrum, CEO of Hospice of the Piedmont, is joined by Ellen Whitlock, CEO for Senior Resources of Guilford. Together, Trent and Ellen will take a look at the unique and diverse needs of residents within Guilford County and the efforts Senior Resources of Guilford is making to support the senior population and help the community age well by living active lifestyles, embracing volunteerism, and connecting with others. Let's listen in. Ellen, it is so great for you to be with me today. Um, it's such a pleasure to have you always. Um, my dear friend, Ellen Whitlock, um, who is with us from Senior Resources of Guilford. Can you tell us a little bit about what Senior Resources of Guilford does and 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 the many varied programs that you all offer to, um, to folks in the county? Thank you so much, Trent, for having me today to be on your podcast. And I would love to share with your listeners the services that Senior Resources of Guilford offers. We are a large nonprofit who provides community-based services that promote independent living for older adults in Guilford County. After all, most of us are just like Dorothy, and we want to continue to live in our home, and home has very special meaning to us. Mm -hmm. So our organization provides a continuum of services that allow an individual as they age to come in as a community volunteer to provide a ride to the doctor for an older adult that can't take themselves to deliver a nutritional meals on wheels. That individual can have a fall and break a hip. That individual can experience more health problems or have a spouse that experiences health problems. They've formed a relationship with us. And so they are able to call and talk to our nationally accredited senior line program where they can get information and referral on what are community services that will help them to continue to stay in their home. At times, we have very difficult conversations with some of our families because we recognize that maybe staying in the home is not the best decision. So we have social workers that will come and sit down with a couple, their children, whoever they want at that table to be part of that decision-making process and talk about, is now the time to look at what your options are? Or is there something we or other organizations in the community can do to help you get over the hump. We have a range of programs. We have volunteer opportunities, as I mentioned. One of our favorite programs is our foster grandparent program, where low-income older adults who want to continue to give back to the community and want to be involved in the lives of young children are hired and volunteered as individuals who are mentoring in the schools, tutoring in the schools. These individuals receive a very small stipend for their service, which means that their benefits that they are getting personally are not affected by the stipends. And for many of the older adults, it is a ticket to being able to afford their food, buy their medicine, pay their lights uh, bills. And as we've seen inflation and costs increase following COVID, these dollars are very important to those seniors. 
At the same time, they are going to the school, sharing uh, techniques to help youngsters learn faster and better. And they're there for them every day. Because sadly, some of our children leave school, get off the school bus. They're not real sure who's going to be at home when they come through the front door. They may not be sure whether there's going to be adequate food. But what they do know is that tomorrow when they go back to school, their foster grandparent is going to be there to care for them, to listen to their stories, to be a support system to them. We have three different nutritional programs. We have our very beloved Meals on Wheels program, where currently we're delivering about 490 meals a day in Guilford County, and we do that through a cadre of over 1,100 volunteers a year, 60 a day. And nutritional support is vital to maintaining your independence and your health. And more than just a meal, our Meals on Wheels program is a wellness check, a friendly visit. It's knowing that somebody is going to come and say hi to you at Monday through Friday. Recent studies and conversations with our Surgeon General indicate that loneliness is more uh, actively affecting people's health. Of, and these are people of all ages mm-hmm. and smoking cigarettes. Right. And I never thought that I would be advocating um, that to avoid loneliness, you can smoke cigarettes. Um, and so it's a very strange thought, but the pandemic has brought out loneliness among so many of our citizens of all ages. We've seen that in the school systems and we certainly see it in the lives of older adults. So we also have a senior wheels medical transportation program where individuals who want to go to preventative medical appointments and need transportation can come and uh, call us and they can sign up and a volunteer will help them uh, get to the appointment. We have our geriatric assessment specialty team that goes into facilities and community organizations and helps people recognize mental health problems and how to deal with them, helps people recognize is this a normal part of aging or is this some form of dementia? And how do I respond to that as a loved one, a caregiver, or a professional? And they are able to provide a variety of trainings that help the staff and the caregivers recognize what they need. We have a family caregiver program where we have a memory cafe that we sponsor in conjunction with Jamestown United Methodist Church that meets monthly for people who have loved ones that are um, not um, doing well due to their dementia can come and bring the caregiver and the care recipient and participate in activities, entertainment, a little education, refreshments, and just get away and have a good time. Uh, We have our respite program where we have individuals who um, are at the end of their rope in many cases and just need a little help to keep giving the respite support that they give to their loved one. And so we want to support those caregivers. Caregiving is a 24 seven responsibility and many people 
I find that their sleep patterns are interrupted due to their caregiving responsibilities, that it is difficult to go and do errands or things for their own personal needs, like taking care of themselves and going to a doctor's appointment. And our respite vouchers are available in $500 increment to use one of three home health agencies to get some services so that they can take care of their personal needs. Wow. You know, Ellen, so... That's like everything other than the kitchen sink, I think, is what you've just basically described uh, for me. And 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 I've heard you talk about this, you know, several times or in the time that I've known you. But, you know, one of the things that sort of comes to my mind immediately um, is that you're not only a provider of service, which is clear, your meals on wheels, your uh, senior line, um, your respite program, which provides, uh, you know, a, a modicum of financial support to help make that uh, possible for for family for family caregivers, but but you're also um, you're also a connector of services. As I'm listening to you, um, I, I heard you say quite keenly that you know you've got just under 1,100 volunteers who are helping support the needs of seniors. And I suspect many of, of the volunteers within your organization sort of meet the, the the age eligibility requirements to be a senior themselves. Is that fair? That is so fair. We could not do it with our volunteers. And many of the volunteers are in their late 60s, mid-70s but they're not ready to retire from volunteerism. They want to continue to give back. And studies show that volunteering helps you to live longer. It makes you Mm -hmm. feel good inside. And so, as you point out, many of our volunteers are older. Sadly, due to COVID and uh, well-deserved and decision-making skills on the part of some of our older volunteers, they felt that they needed to protect their own health, which we certainly encouraged because we did not miss a day of delivering um, meals. We did it in a hybrid form, but we knew our folks still needed nutritional support. Food was sometimes hard to find. We wanted to make sure they had the meals. And so we... um, had a method to get those out. But some of our folks felt like, this isn't the time I want to be out there meeting folks that I don't know and exposing myself to germs. So we've seen some attrition and we're currently rebuilding those numbers and the people that are willing to help us. And so we would certainly welcome and encourage any group or individual to call and say, yes, I have two hours a month that I can take a meal to an older adult. One One of the other things that that um, always strikes me, Ellen, when whenever I talk with you about the robust services that you all offer, um, is you know when I first when I first learned about what you all do and the and sort of the depth and breadth of services that you all offer, um, I was you know my immediate uh, my immediate go to place was oh these must be income based services, but they aren't. Can you talk a little bit about that? Sure. Uh, The Older Americans Act is what funds many, many of our activities. We have a senior center that's located in Greensboro, the Evergreens Lifestyle Center. We have programs in the rural communities of our county. We have a refugee outreach program. So Mm -hmm. funding comes to us from all different sources. But at the base of all of that is the Older Americans Act. And that act says that if you're 60 or older, you are eligible for the programs that you qualify. 
four. So it is not income-based at all. It is simply an age criteria. Uh, there are specific program requirements for Meals on Wheels. You need to be 60, homebound, unable to prepare your own meal and have no one to help you. Mm -hmm. But it doesn't matter if you're a retired uh, executive or if you never worked. You know, as you age and your health deteriorates, uh, you need support. And we want to be there for all individuals. Of course, we always share, as required by the federal law, that contributions are greatly appreciated and accepted, but no one is denied service because they cannot pay. And some people choose to contribute. And when I open the mail, four $1 bills may come out of the envelope, which is incredibly meaningful to me, or it may be a check for $2,000. It just depends on where that individual is and what they can afford to do. Uh, because they're so grateful for that support. So we uh, are there for everyone. One of our programs is the Senior Health Insurance Information Program. And that's a program where we have volunteers who help people pick out the right insurance supplement policy for them as they're going under Medicare and what the formulary for drugs is. And if you've ever worked the Medicare system, you know that it's kind of scary and you don't want to make the wrong decision. And so these volunteers are helped you dig through uh, what's needed and what you need to look for. And then you're empowered to make the decision for what's going to work best for you. Yeah. You know, that's really important. Um, and because navigating, um, navigating insurance is difficult regardless of your, of your age or type of insurance coverage, but, but there are many different types of insurance coverage as you cited. And so I think it's great that you all have uh, qualified ship counselors to to um, to help uh, folks make those make those um, informed decisions. You know, it, and Trent, so much, people, yeah. Trent, uh, people of all ages and income need help in making some of those decisions. Okay. And so, it's important that we recognize that it's okay for someone that has retired uh, with a nest egg but has never worked in that space and doesn't know the answers to reach out and ask for help. Hi friends, it's your host, Ryan Biagini. I'd like to take a moment to encourage you to learn more about the wide variety of resources that Senior Resources of Guilford provides across Guilford County in Central North Carolina. All the programs the organization provides are for individuals 60 years and older, so more than likely you or someone you know might benefit from them. Be sure to visit their website, www.senior-resources-guilford.org for more information. Now let's get back to the conversation. When I listen to, to you talk, Ellen, um, I'm, I'm struck by the goal that you have of keeping seniors active and engaged. And that sounds to be sort of, to me, the crux of so much of what you all aspire to achieve on a daily basis with the people who interact with your organization. Is that reasonable? It certainly is, because as we've mentioned, studies show that if you stay active, if you stay engaged, there's studies that show that if you exercise your chances of dementia or less, that if you're engaged in activities with others, you will be healthier long term. 
we know that when people are isolated and COVID proved this, that loneliness sets in, depression sets in, and people don't do well. And so during COVID, and we continue this practice today because it was such a smashing hit, we're live streaming our activities out to uh, for many of our classes so that if for whatever reason it doesn't work for you to come to the senior center this morning, then you can um, see it later. Or if it's just something you'd rather watch in your pajamas, you can do that too. Uh, so we're trying to find ways to keep people connected because, as we know, connection is so important for all of us. So as seniors age in place, because that's happening more and more, and, and, and I actually want to ask you about something that you mentioned to me once upon a time, um, uh, it, and I'm going to get it wrong, so you're going to tell it to me right, I know, um, but but it is, we plan so many things in our lives, but we don't plan to age? Is that, isn't that something? We don't plan for our retirement. We don't plan to get older. Uh, It just happens. One day we wake up and we go, how did this happen? How did I get to this point? (laughs) And, you know, many people are very meticulous about how they plan their vacation. But they decide that June 30th, I'm going to leave my position. And July 1, they wake up and they think, what am I supposed to do today? And so having a plan, is it volunteering with an organization like hospice? Is it delivering meals for an organization like Senior Resources? Is it going to the fitness center? Um, what is it that you're going to do so that you continue to stay active and that you don't get to five o'clock and think, well, what did I do all day? Did I make a difference? Do people know that I'm still out there? And a lot of studies indicate that people that don't stay engaged do not have as healthy a retirement as those individuals who have a full calendar of things that they want to do and are are active and enjoying life. Right. Now, the other thing that I I think we've got to talk a little bit about or that I'd like to explore just a little bit is Guilford County's large. Uh, You know, it's probably the, I guess, in the second or third uh, largest county in the state. 550,000 people call Guilford County home, um, which means there are large pockets of of urban populations and then there are also pockets of rural populations and you all serve both of those and do you see commonalities between them and do you see differences between them in their needs I think that as we look at the rural communities, and we're so grateful for the partnerships that we have with the townships and with Guilford County that allows us to regularly go into communities. We've just established a men's coffee club in Summerfield uh, because women uh, have a lot of things that they can get together and bond about, uh, regardless of their age. Uh, Sometimes men struggle a little bit with how am I going to spend my time? Who am I going to visit with? And they're loving the coffee club. Um, So we do see that in the rural communities, it is harder for them to uh, get into the cities, either because they lack transportation or because, quite frankly, they don't want to come down 68 or 220 or I-85. The traffic bothers them. And so it's harder for them to get to community-based services. And so we take them to them. Uh, We provide a day with some education, some activities, some um, 
health and wellness opportunities, and then a nutritional launch. And that is a time when they can come together. We also see that in the rural community, there is a huge effort to take care of your own. You know, if you're in a situation where your spouse becomes ill, you're going to do whatever they need to help them try to get better or to seek the care they need. Um, Most people think about, I'm just doing what I'm supposed to do for my spouse. But they're caregiving and they don't recognize that. And in the rural community and some of our more diverse communities, folks are just stepping up to the plate and doing everything they can to help their neighbor, help their family member. And there are services that are lacking. And so we want them to know where the services are and how they can access them as well. Because while it's absolutely amazing and wonderful for people to provide the care that they do to those they care for and love, it can sometimes be difficult. And so we want to be supportive of them as they walk down that path. We also uh, know that some families that are experiencing a long-term illness or a catastrophic illness, uh, many times there is what's known as anticipatory grief. And so in the three months that the spouse is um, experiencing cancer and their health is going downhill, um, there is a huge sense of loss because the things that you used to be able to do together may not be something that you can continue to do. And so people are struggling with that as well. So we want to recognize that. And we also want to help be there for them um, as they go down that journey. And just like you all do, we step in and provide the respite vouchers, the things of that nature, so that they have some extra help to get where they need to be. Yeah. So, you know, I've been making a few mental notes um, here, Ellen, um, you know, 11, 11, just under 1100 volunteers, uh, 490 seniors with whom for whom you're providing meals on wheels every single day. Um, you've got a senior line. And and I think I recall from prior conversations with you that you are fielding about 6000 calls a is that a month? A year. A, a year. year. Yeah, a, a year. With so one staff person. One staff person is fielding 500 calls a month. That's mm-hmm. that's huge. I mean, so, I mean, you know, as I'm starting to add these numbers up in my head, and and trust me, I'm not, the, I'm not a mathematician by any stretch of the imagination, but these are beginning to be really big numbers. How how many folks are, are is your organization touching um, during the course of any given year? We've seen a dramatic increase in the number of requests for assistance from people in the community. And right now we're serving about 11,000 older adults and their families. Wow. In some manner of assistance. And sometimes it's a small town. That's a small (laughs) town. It is. I don't even think the town I grew up in in rural North Carolina had had, had 11,000 people in it. I mean, that's a small town. Um, Some of these facts are one and done. 
Uh, some people may call us. We have uh, limited amounts of durable medical equipment. We have some incontinent supplies. And maybe there's been a surgery or a situation where they just need something to get over the hump. Recently, we had a, someone that came in and said they had a loved one that broke a hip. They just needed a walker for a little while. And so um, you know, we're able to help fill some gaps and to help families um, and to help people look at how they can extend their resources and can have a better life as they age. Because I often tell people that if you have wealth and health, the golden years are pretty spectacular. But if you lack either one of those, you're going to have some hurdles and some challenges. And so we want to be there to help you jump those hurdles. Wow. So I've got a couple more questions for you, Ellen. Um, uh, one, one is a question followed by sort of a sort of a, a, a statement, a claim to fame for you. Uh, you were just recently um, at uh, down in Raleigh, um, spending some time with the governor um, as uh, he was announcing that North Carolina is uh, the 10th state in the country to be named an age friendly location. Did I get that right? That's pretty close. We're the eighth, tenth state to be named an age-friendly state. Okay. And age-friendly is what it says. It's not directly targeted to older people, although certainly Senior Resources is excited, the fact that we're going to make life easier for older adults. But it's recognizing that there are little things that we can do to make the um, community a better place for um, all of us. It's the concept of a curb cut when you're uh, walking in a downtown entertainment district is awesome for that individual on the walker or the wheelchair. But think about the family that have two little people in a stroller and a toddler by their hand. Um, those help tremendously. Think about if we could change the world and the stop uh, life timing for walking would be extended by three seconds. The cars aren't going to notice that three seconds. It's going to make all the difference in the world to people with mobility issues of all ages, with families to get folks across the street safely. So age-friendly communities is an AARP national project and Senior Resources of Guilford is delighted to be partnering with Guilford County and Wellspring to implement that program. We have hired Bob Gurkin, who is our age-friendly specialist to implement the project in Guilford County. And people will be hearing more and more about his work and his efforts as we move forward with how can we make our community um, we're already a great place to live. How can we make it even greater? And there are eight domains that AARP is focused on, ranging from transportation, housing, food insecurity, to community engagement, and continuing to give back. So we're excited about looking at those various areas and working in partnership with other organizations to move this concept forward, not only for Guilford County, but to be a part of the governor's plan for it to be a very livable state. Well, I certainly appreciate your leadership, Ellen, and uh, your advocacy and um, the contribution that you and Senior Resources at Guilford County are making in that space in particular. We know that um, in order to have a thriving community, we must have an active community, and that takes all of us at all age 
at, at all age bands to make that work. Um, and it has to work for everybody if it's to work for any one group of people. So I appreciate that. You know, I've got I've got one one really burning question, though, that I ask every single guest that joins me in a podcast. Um, we've covered a lot of ground. We've talked about a lot of things. We've learned that senior resources, uh, you know, serves about 11,000 um, individuals uh, during the course of any given year, some on a longitudinal basis for a longer periods of time. You're providing support to caregivers. You're providing direct direct support in terms of Meals on Wheels and a host of other program uh, uh, services uh, to seniors who are over the age of 60. These are not income-based considerations, but more importantly, what is the one thing that you really want our listeners to know today? Trent, that's a pretty easy question. I want people to remember their older relatives, their older neighbors, to reach out and be supportive of them. Um, We also offer technology classes. We can help people learn how to be able to do FaceTime with grandchildren or connect with social media. Don't let people feel forgotten. Uh, No one wants to pass away alone. No one wants to live in their home without any human contact. Think about your neighbors. Uh, What are little things that you can do to make them feel valued and um, more secure? I have a couple of friends who have neighbors that put their newspaper on their porch every day. And they talk about their widows and they talk about what a difference that makes for them. Just tiny little things that we as humans can do to make a difference for the people in our world. Thank you so very much, Ellen. That is incredibly eloquent incredibly articulate. You know, I might add in summation that you all are an organization, Senior Resources of Guilford is an organization that is providing not only a direct support to seniors, but also providing a wealth of support services for those who are caring for seniors. And I thank you so very much for all that you have done and continue to do and for everything that your organization does. And we at Hospice of the Piedmont are so delighted to have such a great partnership and working relationship with not only you, but also all of your team over at Hospice, over at uh, Senior Resources at Guilford. So thank you so much. We're delighted to be supportive of your work and to be a partner. And thank you for being there for families. Thank you for joining us for this episode of the E-Series. We're excited about our upcoming episodes, highlighting a variety of incredible guests from our community. Up next, we'll spend time with CarePoint facilitator Cher Burke as she shares about a wonderful opportunity for local caregivers. Be sure to subscribe to our channel wherever you listen to podcasts so that you'll receive a notification as each episode publishes. Until then, I'm Ryan Biagini, and this has been the E-Series.